1 Chronicles chapter 11. The title of this message is, Nevertheless, Whoever Attacked the City. Let me move this forward. I was scared tonight that I was going to have to use the lapel. And who knows that the lapel is for... I'm 30 years too young to be using the lapel. That's, uh, you know, give me another 30 years of preaching and I'll be using the lapel, but the lapel freaks me out. It's too old. Nevertheless, whoever attacked the city. I preached this morning about King David. And this is a little bit before that. And um, it says in verse 4, 1 Chronicles 11, verse 4, Then David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, or Jebus, as it used to be called, where the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land, were living. Verse 5, The people of Jebus taunted David, saying, You shall never get in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. That is the city of David. Verse 6, Now David said, Whoever attacks the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. And Joab, the son of Zariah, went up first and became chief. Then David dwelt in the stronghold. Therefore they called it the city of David. Verse 8, And he built the city around it from the Milo and the surrounding area. Joab repaired the the rest of the city. Verse 9, And David became more and more powerful. Because the Lord of Heaven's armies was with him. I love that verse, the Lord of Heaven's armies. I want the Lord of Heaven's armies to be with me. I want to give you a little bit of background and then I've got four things. And in Genesis chapter 13, God says to Abraham, He says, look as far as you can see, all this land, I'm going to give you everything. Whatever you, wherever you go, Abraham, God says, I'm going to give you the whole lot. To the east, to the west, to the south. Wherever you go, I'm giving you anything. And then it goes, God promised the same thing to Isaac, the same thing to Jacob, and then it goes down to Moses and, and the Israelites go into Egypt and then Moses comes along and, and God says to Moses, uh, lead these people to a land flowing with milk and honey, to Moses and the Israelites, to a land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Berotites, Hivites and Jebusites now live. Then the awesome leader Moses dies and, and Joshua comes along. Joshua's awesome. And, and God says to Joshua, Joshua, the same thing that I promised Abraham, the same thing that I promised Isaac, Jacob, Moses, I'm promising you. It says in Joshua 1, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan to the land I'm giving you. I promise what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you'll be on land that I have given you. And then along comes David. And he takes the Israelites to this town called Jebus, uh, which eventually becomes the city of David. And uh, he's got his army and he goes down to, the, to, to Jebus and uh, there's people in the town saying, um, David, you shall not come up here. And um, you, you look back and God promised it to Abraham. God promised it to Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua. David's got the same promise. This is rightfully David's city. Jebus is rightfully David's city. And um, David and his armies say, we're going to attack the city. That's our city. From the beginning of of time, God has said, Israelites, wherever you go, I'm giving you the city. And uh, David's, I'm going to attack the city. And there's people in the city saying, you know what? 
David, you shall not come up here. And I see that as like, there's so many times in our lives where God has promised us a great marriage, great family. It's all through the Bible. It talks about great stuff that God has promised you. God wants to give you good health. God wants to give you a, you know, a financial strength. God wants to, to bless you. God wants to give you peace. And then we look at this situation and the situation is saying, you know what? You shall not come up here. And it's like, well, God said I could have it. Since the beginning of time, God has set up all this stuff and, and God's saying, Andrew, I want you to take that land. Whatever you do, you know, I've given you these promises, all these promises in the Word of God. God is saying, I've given you these promises. And then David goes to this city that, which is rightfully his. The Bible says it, God has promised wherever you go, the land of the Jebusites is rightfully his. And there's this promise, this promised city looking at David going, you know what, David? God has promised you the city. I know, uh, uh, you know, God has said it from the start. But guess what? You shall not come up here. The problem saying, David, you shall not come up here. I love this. We're going to drop down to uh, verse 5. Nevertheless, David took the city. Nevertheless, David took the city. I don't care if the situation is saying, you're not going to come up here. You're going to be poor. You're going to be lonely. You're going to whatever. Nevertheless, David took the city. Peter had been fishing all night, caught nothing. And, and Jesus says, Peter, take your boat out, put your nets down. He'd be fishing all night. He'd be, imagine working all day, you're exhausted. Exhausted. Peter goes, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down my net. Jesus in the garden, just before he gets crucified, he says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Nevertheless, David took the city. The promise was saying, David, you're not going to come up here. This is, this is rightfully yours, but you're not going to get it. Nevertheless, David took the city. And now I love this. Verse 6. This is my favorite part of this whole message. Verse 6. David said, whoever attacks the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. And Joab, the son of Zariah, went up first and became chief. Whoever Whoever, the Bible and all the champions of faith and all the men of God that have gone before us in the pages of the Bible are whoever, whoever, David says, whoever attacks the Jebusites first will be chief and captain. And Joab, the son of Zariah, went up first and became chief. Whoever, whoever says this mountain be removed. Whoever, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, believes in him, shall not shall have ever, everlasting life. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I don't care who you are or what you have done. God does not use, you know, oh, you're a preacher, you're a worship leader, you're a, you're a pastor, you're whatever. Whoever. David said, whoever attacks first. And Joab attacks, sometimes your eye becomes chief and captain. God doesn't use, there's no superstars. There's none. God's going, I want to use everybody. Everybody, whoever, whoever, whoever picks up their cross and, and, and denies themselves and allows God to, to work inside them, whoever. And it says this, and David dwelt in the stronghold. Verse 7. David dwelt in the stronghold. For so many years the church has been focused on strongholds in the negative. You know, oh, that's a stronghold, that's a mindset, that's this. Who knows 
that there are strongholds that God wants you to live in. There's strongholds in this book, in the Word of God, in the Bible. And God says, you are this. You are that. When someone says, you cannot come up here, you are this. David dwelt in the stronghold. Don't you love that? I love that. And then, verse 8. Isn't this an awesome passage? And I, I think when the writer of this passage wrote it, he's going, come on, preachers, you can, this, this one's for you. Like, it's just so, you know, you know how sometimes when you, boy knows, when you're preaching, you go, God, I've got to get a, a message and, ah, oh, wow, you got link stuff and all this. Then you read this one and you go, oh, yes. Just, just, for, anyway. <sighs> and David became more and more powerful because the Lord of heaven's armies with him. I love that. Nevertheless, whoever attacked the city, nevertheless, whoever, God wants thousands and thousands and thousands of young people, thousands of people, his heart breaks every day, for thousands of people. And, and you know, people go, well, I can't do it. I'll let the pastor do it. I can't do it. I'm just a, oh, you know, I'm just a whoever. God is calling. Imagine if all these people here tonight got the, the nevertheless, whoever attitude. And just said, well, you know what? I'm going to go into my schools. I'm going to tell young people. I'm going to go into my work. And I'm going to tell everyone I can, whoever. Is that a powerful? Whoever. Nevertheless, David took the city. The city's going, you're not going to come up here. You, you think you're going to be a preacher. You think you're going to be a businessman. You think you're going to be this. And, and, and you go, well, my Bible says I am. And they go, you're not coming up here. I don't care. Who, who do you think you are? I don't care. And, and I love David. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. I don't care. I don't care. I, I have my focus. I know where I'm going. I know what God has called me to do. Nevertheless, I want to see this church in you know, 15, 20, 50,000 people. Why not? This coast has got like, what, 360,000? We should have at least 50,000. At least on this side. At least. Nevertheless, David took the city. God promised it to David. God promised it to Abraham. God promised it to everyone. God's the same promises apply. Same things apply. Apply. You shall not come of him. Nevertheless, David took the city. I've been fishing all night. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down thy net. Jesus in the garden, about to die, painful death. This is God. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at no, he doesn't say that. He says, nevertheless, I want your will to be done, not mine. We need to lay our life down. Peter had been fishing hard all night, all night. And, and Jesus goes, go out again. He's going, oh, oh, I'm exhausted. Nevertheless. You know, heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. God gives us this massive promise. You know what, Andrew? I'm giving you this. This is your promise. You can have the city. You can have the entire city. And I go... But they might tease me, Lord. They might. I'm scared of them. They're taunting me, saying I'll never get there. They're taunting me, saying, Andrew, you'll never come up here. Nevertheless, you know, I love it. I love it. Me and Julie went to the to um, phenomena, and, and Judah Smith prophesied over the youth pastors. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. I don't care. I don't care if it's you know. I don't care if I I never. I know what I want. I know what God has called me for. God wants this place to be jam-packed. God wants my, our minds to just, instead of seeing, 
Now, 200 people here, seeing 20,000. 20,000. God is big. God is a big God. God doesn't want any. We should be saying God wants 360,000 on the coast here. You know, Julie was, uh, she showed me that um, the thing on the churches back in the day, and Julie did the communion about it. And back in the day, they would, um, they'd build the churches so the whole town could fit in the church. The whole town, you know. And uh, we need to be calling, nevertheless, taking the city. And uh, the last thing is, whoever attacks the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. And Joab, the son of Zariah, went out first and became Jewish. There are no superstars in the kingdom of God. There's not. There's just not. It's just whoever's. You've got this thing inside them and goes, you know what? I'm a whoever. I'm, I'm no superstar. David was not. David, you know, David's life went up and down and up and down, but whoever. I love that. And then David dwelt. We need to, we need to get our minds and let God go to work on our minds. If we think that the city's too big, then we need to get a bigger God. Repent again. We need to get a bigger God. And I'm not saying, you know, find a bigger God, because there's no bigger God, but, you know, the Bible says magnify the Lord, draw yourself closer to God, get a bigger revelation of who God is. Who knows what I'm saying? Who wants a bigger revelation of God? I want to take the city. Yeah, well, yeah, well, my God, my brain just can't get there. Well, you need to get your brain, you need to kick it around and say, get this Bible in there. And, and you know, nevertheless, in the last, David dwelt in the stronghold. What is a stronghold? Literally, a stronghold is a stronghold. Well, that was deep. Literally, a stronghold is a stronghold. And, uh, you know, um, getting this book to just in, in you, reading it slowly, reading it as much as you can, getting this, you can, you know, change the city by yourself. Imagine what all these people could do. Nevertheless, ah, fear not, for God is for me. Fear not. If God is for me, who can be against me? I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We limit these scriptures. This is what God says. This is what the big God who created everything says. He's going, Andrew, fear not. Fear not. If God is for me, who can be against me? No one. If God is for me, God is for me, who can be against me? That guy down there who's teasing me and he just knows that I'm about to send Joab up to, you know, kick some Jebusite. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to hand it back over to Pastor Phil. Dear God, I thank you for these people. God, I pray that, uh, God, you would blow our mind. God, that you would open our mind. God, you would give us the nevertheless spirit. Nevertheless, never giving up. God, you would open our minds, whoever, whoever. God, I thank you in Jesus' name. Let us attack the city. God, let us not be pansy Christians too intimidated and scared. But God, let us attack the city. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much, Pastor Phil. It's true, I am awesome. <laughs> well, if you grab your Bibles very quickly, I don't mean grab your Bibles very quickly, but let's turn to um, 
Okay, 2 Samuel, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 9. And I love this story about giving. It's about King David, and David's a great giver, great giver. I love this guy. He's got a great heart, and uh, he's trying to move the, the ark of God from a town called Judah to the city of David. And uh, he, the ark of God, anyway, they try and, I'll give you some little background, they're trying to move the ark. And they move it to some guy's house and, and he puts his hand out. The ark starts to fall. He puts his hand out and touches the ark and the guy drops dead. And David goes, flip. What am I going to do now? God must be angry. And so, he, so he finds his mate lives down the road. He's, and the, the guy's mate's called uh, Obed-Edom. And he goes, I don't know what to do with the ark. A guy's just died and I, I don't know if I'm, I'm halfway. Should I? And he, and he leaves his ark at a guy's house. And the guy's name's David-Edom. And Obed-Edom, verse 9. Chapter 6, verse 9. David was now afraid of the Lord. (laughs) Fair enough. And he asked, How can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided not to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. I love this guy. Verse 11. The ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Verse 12. Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God back from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of God had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf that will take them ages. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. And so David and all the people of Israel brought the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing of ram songs. I love this. Um, David's trying to get this ark and he can't and it just doesn't work for him. So he goes, there's my mate Obed-Edom. Call him Obi. There's my mate Obi. Obi-Wan. I don't know. And, and he lives on that hill. And uh, he gets his ark and he, and he just reverses it into the, into the next to his house and goes, I'm just going to have to leave it here. I, I don't know what to do with it. I can't take it back. I can't take it forward. Obi, can I just leave it here? And Obi goes, yeah, that's fine. And then um, David goes off and three months happens. And uh, Obed-Edom wakes up one morning and his wife comes and goes, Obi, Obi, you're not going to believe what's happened. And he opens up his door and his crops are like 10 foot high. And he's gone... What, what happened? My crops. And then he goes into the barn and the chicken that normally lays one eggs has laid 30 eggs. And then there's 10 chickens instead of five chickens. And uh, he, he, he goes into his, like, looks at his cows and there's just, instead of 10, there's like a thousand. And, and, and then he's, you know, his kids come and go, Daddy, we love you. You're awesome. Uh, here's, a, here's breakfast. Here's this. And he's, he's going, what's wrong with my family? Everything's just, everything's just going really well. And David goes, God's blessing this guy. God is blessing Obed-Edom. God, and, and, and Obed goes, why is God blessing me? What's, what's going on? And he looks to the side and there's this ark, just this, the presence of God. It's parked next to his house. just buzzing, just humming away. It's glowing green. And it's like, what is that? I don't know, but my whole household is blessed. Everything I've got is just getting bigger and it's getting better. And I used to be pulling $1,000 a week. And now because I don't know why, but the presence is I'm pulling $10,000 a day. I don't know what it is, but there's this presence. And uh, David goes, I want the presence. 
I want the presence of God in my life. And he goes back and he says, Obi, thanks for looking after for me. Well done. And he takes it back to, to, his, to his city. And I love this. This is it. David knew that the presence of God, if he could get the presence of Jesus Christ or presence of God in his life, his, his world is going to, his business was going to just boom. If you can get the presence of God in your life, your, your, your family, you know, problem situation is going to come back. You know, you're, you walk out and you go, how come my crops are massive now? They used to be so little. And it's because of the presence of God. And I love this. David prays this prayer and he says, he's just so stoked. His heart is all for God. David doesn't care. I see David as a man who doesn't care about anything. He goes, I just want the presence of God. I know if I can find myself in the presence of God, then everything will just take care of itself. I, I saw Obi's house. It's getting blessed. His kids are prospering. His family's prospering. His business is going through the roof. I want this presence. So he gets his ark and this going up and brings it back. And he's just so stoked. And he goes... It's the same passage, but it's in Chronicles chapter 16. He says, he's just a great giver. And he he comes up, he says, Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. How do we come into God's presence? Bring your offering and come into God's presence. Oh, hang on. Hang on, what are you talking about? I I don't come to church to give money. I, I want the presence of God in my life. And as I study this man's life, all the way through the Bible, he talks about giving, sacrificing. He goes into, you know, that, I read the story this morning about how he was at the threshing point. He didn't want to buy it, but he said, I'm not, I'm not sacrificing. Anything doesn't cost me anything. David's heart was for God. And he says here, give the Lord glory. Give the Lord the glory he deserves and bring, bring your offering and come into his presence. David knew that the presence of God was the most important thing he could ever get in his life. More important than wealth, more important than anything. If he could get the presence of God, everything else would just fall into line. And he comes, he says, I want God's presence. I want God's presence in my life so bad, I will sacrifice anything I can to get. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence, David prays. Bring your offering and come into, into God's presence. God wants us to live this. You know, the ark of God's Old Testament presence of God, but now Jesus Christ lives inside. Jesus Christ lives inside us. And I want so badly the presence to follow me. Everywhere I go, stuff breaks out. My business just gets through the roof. It's only $1,000 a week. I want to earn 10 grand a day. Why not? And I love this. This is the last thing I want to say. Who loves David? I think he's awesome. Did I drop my pen? It's like my pointer. You. This is the last thing. I love David. Just sacrifice anything. Didn't care. I don't care. Reckless giving. Reckless giving. I've given to God. God's presence. I've seen what he can do. And he says to his son Solomon, I love this. He's dying. And he says, Solomon, I'm going to give you the advice. This is everything I know about money. I don't know, any, I don't know that much, but I know this. And he gets his son, son. David's earned massive amounts. He's just summed up massive amounts of money. He's a, he's a prosperous king. He's got, went from a shepherd boy, and now he's just this loaded king. And this is his advice. He says, Solomon, 
Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of everything you produce, and He will fill your barns. Don't you love that? Honour the Lord with the best that you produce. 10%. Honour the Lord with the best. Honour God with the best. And check this out. And He will fill your barns. I enter you're crazy. No, I'm telling you, this is what the Bible says. This is what... And Solomon goes, you're right. David, Dad, Solomon, David, you're right. Yeah? And that's God's promise to us. Give God your best. You know, I want the presence of God. Give God your best. Check this out. And He will fill your barns. Obed-Edom didn't do a thing. He just had this surging power just next to his house. That's what I want. I want the presence of God to go with me everywhere I go. He will fill my barns. Not me. He will fill my barns. Solomon goes on. He becomes the wealthiest, the, the smartest, whatever, king ever. Why? Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And he will fill your barns. Amen.